This is a Soulfire production. Be back. It's time. Man, I apologize. I tried to get this show out yesterday, but we had some pretty extreme technical difficulties, so that didn't happen. But here we are today, this morning, to cover some stuff, cover some stuff and things. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about the murder of Ahmad Arbery, or Arbery, excuse me. Uh, we're going to get into, we're going to get into this really ranty, but also very interesting video posted by a police officer, and we're going to talk a little bit about Catholic churches, and then, of course, billionaires, because billionaires are a common topic um, <laughs> in today's media narrative, but we'll uh, give you something to think about. That's the goal. That's the goal here. So, in other news, some quick little updates. Unemployment has reached 14.7%, the highest since the Great Depression. Curious what the downstream effects of that will be, but interesting st- stat nonetheless. 14.7%. It's assuredly higher than that, but that's the recorded unemployment rate, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be moving in uh, the other direction anytime soon. Also, Little Richard passed away at 87 years old. Little Richard. I used to listen to Little Richard when I was a kid. And I just, if you, if you didn't jam out to Little Richard as a kid, you're missing out. And I want to give you a little sample of what I'm talking about when I say this guy was a lyrical and musical genius. Fantastic. That's Little Richard, guys. I recommend you find some Little Richard today and you use that to spruce up your weekend or your week because it brings those good vibes. It brings those good vibrations. All right. With that all being said, I want to say this. If you love this show, make sure to go over to Apple Podcasts, leave it a five-star review, and find me on YouTube. TikTok and Instagram, of course, at Connor Wanders on Instagram and the talk. Connor Moore on YouTube. YouTube content is super fun because you do get to see, I'll play a lot of videos. I mean, this whole show is basically based around videos and you can find those full vids with my uh, ridiculous reactions on YouTube. So check it out. And with that, let's go ahead. Oh man, did I have the wrong sounds up here? What are we doing here? God, I'm always making mistakes. With that, let's get into the state of things. All right, this is not a, this is never something I want to talk about. It's never something I really want to have existed, but it happened. 
So I'm going to give you some details and we're going to play the full video. If you're doing just audio, if you're just listening to this, um, I'll do my best to describe, pause and describe the video of what's happening. But Ahmad Arbery on February 23rd, a little over two months ago, uh, was killed by Travis McMichael and his father, Gregory McMichael. Now, Gregory McMichael, 64 years old, was a former police officer and investigator for the Glynn County District Attorney. And his son, Travis McMichael, is 34 years old. So here's kind of the, the little bit of a rundown. They thought this guy fit the description of somebody that had, had been uh, had burgled a house, caught on a, a security camera um, months before. And they said they saw him moving around or checking out or walking around a, a unfinished construction site. So the thing is, in Georgia, where this took place, they have a citizen's arrest clause, I guess is what you would call it, um, where if you, if you witness somebody committing a crime in real time, you can perform some sort of citizen's arrest. Now, we're going to talk a little bit on this episode about, about power trips and police officers, but I think this guy, having been a former police officer and investigator, took a lot of this into his own hands in a really inappropriate way. Um, but the end result was Ahmad being um, shot and killed, shot at least twice. Um, when they saw him jogging down the road, there was a 911 call basically saying he's hauling ass. He was not hauling ass. He was jogging down the road in jogging clothes. Um, and a couple of things I want to put out, put out in, in, into, the, <laughs> into the thought sphere here. The dude is jogging around in jogging clothes at a pretty steady pace. Now he was relatively athletic, so he's just doing, he's keeping himself in shape out there. And, and here's the thing that I want to put out there as well. If you're going to steal something from a construction site, the things that get stolen from unfinished construction sites are tools, um, sometimes materials, but nothing that you could carry around while you were jogging. That's something really important to note. There's not really a crime that he could have committed by walking around a construction site. Uh, and peeping a construction site. I do that. There's a lot of uh, a lot of um, construction going on in my neighborhood. I'm always walking around those things. I don't walk into them necessarily, but I walk around and see what's going on and see how they're uh, how what what what's what's coming up, what's being built. Um, I'm always curious. So I don't understand. You know, th it's hard not to think that this has a lot to do with this guy being a black dude in a in a predominantly white neighborhood. Um, really. In this video, for anybody who's watching this, I want to give you a little heads up. This is a pretty graphic video. I mean, anytime you're watching someone get shot and killed, it's not it's not um, an ideal situation and not something you're going to want to see. So if you don't want to see that, uh, maybe just fast forward a little bit. But for those of you that are just listening, I'm going to play this video um, through one full time. Then I'm going to play it through again and, and kind of describe what's going on um, with some with some pausing and stuff like that. So let's go ahead and jump into it right now. So the person recording this video is in a car behind what's happening. I don't know, assuming this person is part of their posse, they're under investigation as well. Shaky video. Some yelling goes on. First shot. Fist exchange. Second shot.
All right. So for those of you that are just listening, I'm going to, I'm going to try and describe this with a, with a little bit of uh, some pausing in here just so you can get a better idea of what's going on. So the person that's recording this is driving up behind what's happening a few hundred yards. And when they come into frame, what you see is a white truck with somebody in the back and the driver door is open. Now, Travis was driving and Gregory was in the back. Travis had a 12 gauge shotgun and uh, Gregory had a 357 Magnum. Now those, both of those guns in this type of scenario are extremely deadly. Uh, 357 Magnum is a, uh, is a man killer. It's kind of what it's built for. Um, also people carry those around just to give you an idea, um, uh, in defense of if you're in bear country, uh, or something like that. So they're a very high, um, I would say a high caliber, um, which are made for primary defense, self-defense. So that, and then a 12 gauge and the, looking at what I can tell from the video is kind of a home defense 12 gauge, which just basically means it holds more rounds. So. He's running up behind this, this truck and the guy on the driver's side gets out and apparently they yelled at him and told him that they wanted to talk to him, but they're doing that with weapons. Okay. So instead of going to the driver's side, he runs around the passenger side, tries to get around him. And that's where we're at right now. So he's running up to the truck and he goes out of frame for a second, goes around the right or to the, to the passenger side of the truck, goes out of frame again comes back around and then you see the first shot takes place as he's running towards Travis. So Travis has a shotgun as he's running towards Travis. The first shot takes place. I don't know if he's actually touched him or made contact yet, but the first shot goes off there and you can see that Ahmad has the shotgun in his hand. So he grabbed the barrel and, and, and kind of halfway down the gun, they're wrestling around um, and going through, I think right about now he starts swinging. So he starts swinging at Travis lands a few shots and then you hear the next shot go off and that's out of frame but you can see in the way when a shotgun fires um there's a discharge almost like this powdery looking discharge uh, because when a shotgun fires and i'm assuming he's firing buckshot or something like that there's just um there's a pack and a load in there so you can see that kind of come out so you see in that second shot it was a miss uh, probably off to Ahmad's right side um but you got to think whenever someone has the that the, the the butt of a shotgun and a long gun, they have a lot of leverage. So if you're holding, you have the handle. He's ha Ahmad has a hold of the barrel and halfway down the gun. This guy's got the stock. Um, he's got a lot more leverage and a lot more weight on his side as far as how he can manipulate this. And if you're watching this happen, Ahmad is actually holding his own and doing a good job of defending himself. Um, he's actually kicking Travis's ass. If I was to be honest with you, if he didn't have a gun, this would be a, a pretty unfair fight as far as this goes. But you bring a gun to a fight, you know, and something that my granddad always told me is never, <laughs> never bring something to a fight that you're not ready to use. And these guys were excited and ready to use these weapons on somebody who was jogging down the street. So let's continue. And this is where it gets very graphic. I'm sorry. So they come back into frame here and they're wrestling over the gun. He's throwing a few more punch and you, uh, punches and you see him spin that third shot there. You see him pull back and put the barrel of the shotgun right up close to his um, to his stomach area and pull the trigger. And you can see um, blood on the backside of his shirt there. Uh, whatever load he was shooting passes all the way through. And Ahmad is stumbling. Uh, Travis walks back. And then Ahmad face first onto the ground. That's it. And Gregory goes ahead and hops out of the back of the truck and they come back around. Now, 
this was an unfair fight. And I want you to, and, and just like we did with, with the Joe Biden situation with Tara Reid, and as, as uncomfortable as it is to do, I want to take a different stance than most people take on this situation. So Ahmad is running down the street. This is a common thing for him to do is to jog, stay in shape, put some miles in. Um, you come upon a situation with two guys with guns are wanting to talk to you. You're in Georgia and you're a black man. For me, I, I, I keep trying to think, how would I have handled this? How would I have handled this from his side of the story? Right from what his situation, as much as we know about him, how do you handle the situation? I can't imagine that I would have done many anything different. Um, I think as far as wrestling with someone with a gun, I may have gone about it a different way, but it's terrifying. You know, at that point, like your life is on the line. They claim that these two men, the McMichaels, father and son were operating legally under a civilian's arrest um, law that they have in Georgia, which seems real, real thin. But Gregory, Gregory McMichael has ties to the police office there. And being a former officer, you're going to get the benefit of the doubt. The, the history has proven that. So looking at all of this, I can't imagine any way that I would have handled it differently. And I think this is why there's so much outrage as far as this goes in the media, because this is, there's video of this. Now, if this would have happened without video, these guys would never have been arrested. Likely they would have claimed self-defense that they got attacked, yada, yada, yada. But we have video to show that is far from the case. If anything, Ahmad was defending himself and he was unarmed. I mean, you bring a gun to a fight, you're not looking for a fair fight. So the thing about this is that gets really interesting is that this happened two months before they were arrested and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation had to get involved. Now, the lawyer for the family said they did not arrest the killers of Ahmad Arbery because, or excuse me, Ahmad Arbery because they saw the video. They arrested the killers of Ahmad because we saw the video. The public saw the video and it went viral. It was shocking. People were astonished. And I think that is absolutely true. They didn't arrest him. They, the, the police had this video the whole time. They didn't arrest them because they had the video and they had the evidence. They arrested, arrested him them because it got leaked and we saw the video. And the public outcry led to the arrest. Is that justice? Is that the way that we want our justice, justice handed out? It's like we have to make the decision. We have to be the jury here. I mean, that's fucked up. These guys deserve at least to get arrested and charged with some sort of murder. Whether it's first degree or second degree or manslaughter, there's a lot of nuance there. But these guys, there's no excuse for the way that they handled themselves. So to turn the tables and we look at it from Ahmad's side of the, of the situation, now let's look at it from the, the McMichael's side of this. And this is a question that I like to ask myself whenever I think about someone that I vehemently dis disagree with, right? Trump Republicans are a great way to go about this. And I find that it's very helpful in being compassionate for people that I don't agree with. Now, I don't have a lot of compassion for the McMichaels, but I still want to use this thought practice. What would you have to think, experience, and believe 
to act in this way? As these two men, what would you have to think, experience, and believe? And that's just something to consider. Because what, you, what, what I come to when I, when, I, when I take my mind down that rabbit hole is these guys have experienced probably some validation in racism. That's, that's the, if you use Occam's razor and just the, 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 the most obvious and uh, likely choice, these guys have been validated through in their community with racism and the, with the, with the police officer, that's even more scary or a former police officer. That's even more scary. And who knows what his belief systems are, or what he thinks of criminals and what types of people he thinks are likely criminals. Right? So it, it it's really interesting to look at this. And here's what I, I like to think about as well when it comes to something like this. Even if, and this, and Ahmad had a couple of priors. He had shoplifted. Um, I think he had even had a gun at a, at a high school basketball game and been indicted on that. So there are some priors there. Okay. So let's take it. Maybe what if these, the McMichael family was correct that he was casing a property, uh, a construction property, see if there's anything to steal. Or if he did burglar a home. And the difference in robbery and burglary is that burglar, there's no one present, right? Is that worth killing him over? Is that worth killing the man over? Right? If somebody broke into my shed in the backyard and I had an opportunity to shoot the person, is it worth it? Is that is it worth ending a life because somebody took a weed eater or a fucking drill out of my out of my shed what kind of state is that person in does that person deserve to die over a tool is that my is that my decision to make now if someone breaks into my house and i feel threatened that's a whole different conversation but these guys were looking for this they wanted this they wanted vigilante justice on this man so the question is if they were 100, if he was the person that they saw on this uh, on this security camera stealing something from a house, is that worth even approaching him with guns? Is it worth killing him over? He would have been 26 years old yesterday, and tomorrow, as this is being recorded, tomorrow is Mother's Day. Is it worth ending a life over this? And that's where it keeps coming down to. Was it justified? Absolutely not. Was it appropriate? No. Did they conduct themselves responsibly? Absolutely not. You know, and I find it really astonishing that organizations that are so pro-gun and pro-guns create a safer environment for everyone, right, haven't said a goddamn thing about this. They stay quiet. They cherry pick their media, their news, what they want to promote. And that's coming from somebody who is a gun owner. Right? Who's, who's considered these possibilities. And in my opinion, it takes a lot for someone to deserve to lose their life. And this is, is astonishing Sad, but to be completely fucking honest, it's not surprising. And that's the sad thing. The sad thing about this whole entire situation is that it's just not surprising. So I don't know. 
something will be done here. These guys will will have their day in court. I'm curious to see how it goes. But at this point, it seems like the justice system is backed into a bit of a corner because we've had enough. White, black, whatever. We've had enough of needless killing of people that pretends to be justified, that masquerades as, as justified murder. I can't see, I, I'm, I, I can't see these guys getting off without some sort of serious jail time without there being complete and utter outrage. They both fired shots. They both attempted to murder this guy. They started the fight. They could have called the cops. I mean, just think about this. They could have called the cops. They wanted to follow him and be all up in his shit. They could have called the cops, followed him from a distance, let him know where he was at. I'm sure in a white neighborhood, the cops are going to be there really quick, especially in a small town. But no, this guy is dead now. This guy is dead. And if you want a profile, I mean, look at these fuckers. Look them up. Look at them right here. If you're on video. You want a profile? These guys look like racist assholes. So if they're going to profile him, I'll profile them. They look like the kinds of motherfuckers who are just waiting for a chance to shoot a black man. It is what it is. If you want to play the game, we got to play the game back, right? This is sad and not surprising. And that's what makes it worse, in my opinion. <sighs> All right, moving on. God, I fucking hate talking about this shit. Just feel for his family. Oh, so these lockdown protests, moving on. Man, that fucked with me. God damn. These lockdown protests have been um, getting a little bit wild. I mean, we, we, on the last episode, we talked about the gun-toting Michiganders going into the Capitol building, which, again, <laughs> want to bring race back into it. If those people were black, it was a bunch of black, black people, black rights advocates, advocates uh, occupying the Capitol building with rifles, we may have a different story here, something worth considering. But this police officer, and I've, I've definitely done a really uh, solid job, I feel, in finding um, some alternative news sources because sifting through mainstream media is a fucking nightmare. If you've never tried it, try and put together a run sheet for a show about current events and sift through mainstream media. It is not an easy thing to do. But this police officer is criticizing the enforcement of the rules that has been played out, and if you see anything, primarily right-wing um, or independent news sources, you see people that are on paddle boards or out surfing or sitting on the beach alone being arrested or ticketed. Uh, people getting pulled over and asked for papers proving that they're essential, which in my opinion is taking this thing a little far. I understand the quarantine orders. I empathize with governors who have to make those kind of decisions. Those are not easy decisions to make. But the enforcement of these has been a little bit over the top in a lot of cases. And I really think it's, it's important to hear what a fellow police officer who actually served in the military uh, has to say about this. Let's get him going right now. Oh, my God. Wow. 
Huh. The video got taken down. The video got taken down between last night and today. <laughs> Holy shit. That blows my mind. Huh. There was nothing. There was nothing in that video that warranted getting taken down. The video is no longer available because the YouTube account associated with this video has been terminated. Huh. I wonder if it was his, uh, his, his, his higher-ups that had him take that down. Well, shit, I'll try and summarize since we're here in this situation. That just unexpectedly happened. The enforcement of these laws, he criticizes fellow officers for essentially violating the Constitution. And to be honest with you, I'm with him. I'm not with these people who were fucking outraged and taking guns to Capitol buildings. Not at all. But the idea that you need to arrest people or fucking charge them money via ticketing because they're sitting on a beach alone, that's not really high-risk behavior. Of course, the beaches are closed, and technically, I guess they're trespassing, but these aren't really necessarily laws. They're executive orders from governors. And... It gets really interesting. Now, I've seen other people act a fucking fool. I mean, this guy, this uh, park ranger in Austin was was asking people to keep social distance, and he was on a bridge by a, by a, by a little river, a little stream, and somebody pushed him in. And this wasn't a kid. This was a 28-year-old man, I think. Pushed him in the water. That is a terrible idea. The guy's just doing his job. And that's the thing. He wasn't ticketing people. He wasn't kicking people out of the park. There were a fuck ton of people in the park. He was just like, hey, I've got to do my job here and tell you guys to keep six feet apart. That's an appropriate thing to do. Arresting a paddleboarder? Not so much. Not so much. So, you know, these 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 officers that are are really... And I think this is, this spins into what we were talking about last time. These pa- these these police officers on a power trip, and being from a small town, I got to see a lot of this. These these high school heroes or people that were bullied in high school, they just love giving you a ticket for anything. I mean, I probably within so I got my driver's license my sophomore year. Before I was a senior in high school, I probably had six to eight tickets. Maybe two of those were speeding that I actually deserved. Probably three seatbelt tickets. I got tickets tickets for my window tent being too dark. I got tickets for my license plate light being out. I got tickets for not using a blinker. I mean, that's what it is. And one thing that really helped me a lot whenever I started to understand, and actually watching uh, watching the show The Wire on HBO helped me a lot with that. If you haven't seen that, definitely an amazing show to watch. Um, was understanding that's that's one thing being a white kid from a small town that's primarily white and getting picked on by the cops and getting tickets for dumb shit. Yeah, that's one thing, but what if instead of just being annoyed that I had to pay a hundred dollar ticket and, and and do the whole thing or tell my parents that I got in trouble with the with the law, what if the 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 worst case scenario for me was getting arrested, not being able to make bail, being in the system, or absolutely worst case being shot for no fucking reason, or just being shot for being angry that I got pulled over for something stupid. And mouthing off to the cops. And believe me, I fucking popped off to the cops on a regular basis. I was a shithead. They were also on their fucking power trip. And I just like, I called it what it was. But could I do that if I was black? 
especially in a white town, then what could happen? Then what's the retaliation? So having cops be on a power trip, having the police officers be on a power trip is nothing new. It's getting highlighted more and more. And when you hand them more authoritative power via executive orders, then what? Where does that go? Does it ever move backwards from there? Do we ever move back? Once the government, once police officers have more power, do they really ever give it back? I mean, fuck, I even saw the the uh, potential third-party candidate for the presidency, Justin Amash, saying his first order as president would be to limit the executive branch to what is what is granted by the Constitution. And that statement alone, I'm not a libertarian, I don't think libertarianism makes any fucking sense, but that statement alone gives me more of an incentive to vote for him, even though he has no chance, but represent myself by voting for someone who wants to limit the power of the executive branch way more. That gives me way more of a reason than anything Joe Biden has said in the past decade. And, I mean, you look at Joe Biden's record, it's complete and utter horseshit. So, it's interesting to think about the power dynamics and how they are shifting. How they are shifting. And speaking of power, let's move on to our uh, our last piece of the state of things. And I think you guys might like this, depending on your uh, religious affiliation. Over 9,000 Catholic churches received assistance from the Payment Protection Program. Over 9,000 Catholic churches received assistance from the Payment Protection Program. Now, I recently put out a, a video and had talked on the, on, the, um, on the podcast about how I believe that churches are business and should be taxed like businesses. They make a figgity fuck ton of money. I mean, I've never known a preacher not to be pretty well off, if not just outright wealthy. And I find that extremely interesting. I find that very, very, it, it very contrast <laughs> shit. It contrasts the teachings of Jesus Christ quite a bit and his philosophy and his methodology of the person you claim to represent as a human surrogate. I find it very interesting, and I think that 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 the church has bastardize the teachings of Jesus in a way that that really waters them down and uses them for leverage. But the common criticism I got when I said that churches are businesses that don't pay taxes was that churches are not businesses. That churches are not businesses. That was that was the primary response from people who are involved in a church or affiliated with the church, the big church, the church of churches. <sighs> But they got 9,000 churches, Catholic churches, excuse me, and other, other uh, religious affiliations did as well, but not to the same degree. So this is primarily focused. Catholics seem to have had this hand, handled down, hand, handled well. So they pay no taxes. Now, the Vatican, which is the global head of the Catholic Church, is one of the most wealthy organizations in the world. Now, they say their exact holdings are impossible to calculate, but the estimation 
is that the Vatican has between 10 and $15 billion in cash, land, and investments alone. So the Vatican, who runs this shit, who covers up a lot of little kid rape, a lot of kid rape. They cover that shit up. A lot of sketchy things. The Vatican is a sketchy organization. The Vatican is as sketchy as any big bank. Has about 10 to $15 billion in land, cash, and investments alone. And pays zero taxes, of course. But their churches, these Catholic churches, 9,000 Catholic churches, received money from the payment protection program. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? The government gets to take care of organizations that don't pay taxes so they can keep people on the payroll while the head of said organization is sitting on fat cash. Why don't they jump in? Why doesn't the Vatican bail out the Catholic churches, not the American people? That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Why not? Because you can manipulate the government to get paid the same way that lots of restaurant chains and big businesses just slurped up all that PPP money. Just sucked it right up. They drank our milkshake. They drank our milkshake. And the politicians that we've elected said, here you go. We'll set it up for you. We'll tee it up. Just be creative about it. Just be creative about it. Make sure no one knows. Be sneaky. Oh, we live in a wild world. Really sorry that video got taken down. It was a great video. I don't think I did it justice, but I tried. And with that, let's think about something. As per usual, I'm going to give you something to think about. In the past day, this was released yesterday, in the past day, the eight richest men in the U.S. increased their wealth by $6.2 billion. We're talking a lot of billions. We're even talking a lot of trillions these days. Shit's getting wild. So let's list these off real quick. Mark Zuckerberg increased his wealth by 1.08 billion. Larry Page, 956 million. Bill Gates, 931 million. Sergey Brin, 919 million. Jeff Bezos, 907 million. Larry Ellison, 634 million. Warren Buffett, 429 million. Steve Ballmer, 353 million. Combined wealth, 653.8 billion dollars all while america lost 33 million jobs what does that say what does that say and now i'm not necessarily for just distribution of wealth i'm not the type of person who thinks that billionaires shouldn't exist that's a popular trope on the uh, on the left that billionaires shouldn't exist popularized by bernie sanders one of the things i disagree with him on 
People need to create products. Without things, people creating things, there are no things to purchase. Elon Musk said that on the, his recent episode of, of the Joe Rogan Experience. And Elon Musk is by all rights a billionaire. And I think Elon Musk should be a billionaire and should continue being a billionaire. Dude's weird as fuck, but he's got great ideas. Those things normally go hand in hand. But I think about this and look at this. Uh, just the amount of money, right, on the face of it. And I'm sure there's a lot much more to this. There absolutely is much more to this than what, what meets the eye as far as when you just glance at this. But to think about the fact that if you were to distribute that wealth, which I'm not in favor of, that $6.2 billion could give the people that lost the $33 million, or the, excuse me, the... <laughs> The $6.2 billion could give the 33 million people who lost their jobs about $3,800 a month or $45,000 a year. Not that that needs to happen, but it does give you some scale. It does give you some scale. Just for scale. If you even look at it this way, right? And this is a great response to this tweet here. If you wanted to spread it out a little more widely, you could give the poorer half of the country an extra $9,000 a year. Just from those eight people. Not that I'm necessarily in favor of this, but it gives you scale. Give the poorer half of the country, eight people, with that amount of shift in their wealth. Not even from their entire, the entirety of their wealth. Right? Could give half the country, the poor half of the country, $9,000 a year. Now, $9,000 is not insignificant. If I make an extra $9,000 a year... Life feels a quite a bit different. I'm in that genre or in that, in that class of people where nine or ten thousand dollars a year makes a big difference. The difference between a hundred thousand and one hundred ten thousand probably not that much. The difference in sixty and seventy thousand substantial. The difference in thirty and forty thousand astronomical. Your entire lifestyle changes. Your quality of life increases exponentially by that by that increase. It's something to think about, for sure. How can eight people's wealth increase by $6.2 billion while, in one day, mind you, in one day, while 33 million people in the country have lost their jobs? It's insane. It's insane. And the thing is, I don't know what the right thing to do is here. That's not really the point of this segment. <laughs> this segment is something to think about. I mean, how in the fuck did Mark Zuckerberg make $1.08 billion in a day? That's wild. Now, Facebook is wildly popular. And they do a lot of nefarious things. <laughs> They're shady as fuck. But it's a popular service. Mark Zuckerberg should be a billionaire. Larry Page, Bill Gates, who is also shady as fuck in my opinion, they should all be billionaires. I have no issue with that. I take zero issue with that. But how are they making a $6.2 billion in a day during this time, during a ridiculous economic downturn? And to be honest, I mean, I've made a little money in the stock market, which I was not involved in until everything fell out. I invested in some companies for the first time in my life that I knew would be sustainable. I invested in Tesla and Slack. It's like these things dropped out. They're going to come back. They're essential. They're moving in the right direction. 
And that's been great. I think I've made like a $500 profit or whatever. That's great. My returns, they're solid. It's awesome. And maybe that's what they're doing here. But the thing about this is, is a lot of this, I'm assuming a lot of not all of it, especially for Warren Buffett, is capital gains, which will be taxed differently than income, which I think is kind of shady as well. So what I would would suggest that you think about is how in the fuck eight people can make $6.2 billion while 33 million people lose their jobs. Strange times we live in, y'all. Strange times. Well, that wraps it up for today. Working on more episodes. Working on finding good sources. If you have any good sources for news, hit me up on Twitter. At Connor Wanders. Send them my way. I'll check them out. Lots of reading. Lots of videos. But you guys are great. Thank you so much for hanging around. Make sure to go find me on YouTube. You know what I'm going to do on YouTube? I'm going to change the YouTube channel name to Connor Wanders and just make it cohesive. How about that? Be easy to find. Make sure to review us on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate that. Five stars. Leave some kind words. Share this show with your friends if you want to give them something to think about. And we'll see you all next time. Later. Later.